2: Welcome in. It is another March to Match Day on the 92.9, the game digital platforms. Thanks for finding us on YouTube and on the Off the Woodwork podcast folder. Make sure you're subscribed to both locations to get all the latest content. My name's Jason Longshore. We're getting ready for Atlanta United and Toronto FC. Saturday night, our coverage starts at 7 p.m. We'll be on Star 94 this week as the Hawks are playing Saturday night as well. Five Stripes Countdown, 7 p.m. kickoff, 7.39 full-time report for an hour following the final whistle. And as a lot of you found out last week, which was very, very cool, you can listen to our call on MLS Season Pass on Apple TV. You Just go into the audio drop-down menu, choose Home Team Radio, boom, you're good. Now, next week in Charlotte, you won't have that option. You'll be able to listen to two friends of the show, uh, in Will and Jess. But if you want to listen to Mike and I, next week you're going to have to go old school and and sync it up. I am hearing good things about that changing next season. So if you have MLS season pass and you're able to give feedback to the folks who have done a great job in building this out, and you want to listen to us when we're on the road, uh, you know, let them know and then we'll see what happens, but I'm hearing good things about that for next year. So let's get caught up on both of these teams coming into week two in Major League Soccer. Atlanta United last week, if you don't know by now where you've been, gave up a goal early on a great cross from Christian Espinosa to pick out Jeremy Abobesey on the back post. Maybe defense got a, a little discombobulated and Bobasi has a Pretty comfortable header on the backside of the play. San Jose sat back deeper as the night went on. It took Atlanta United a long time to break through. They eventually did via Tiago Almada. Dos Golazos. The first one off of a corner assist to Brooks Lennon. It's a great hit from Almada from eh, about 22 yards out or so. Second one unassisted. Free kick golazo, Maybe 25 yards out. <sighs> What a performance from Tiago Almada to win this for Atlanta United and get all three points. The DC-Toronto game was a little different and somehow even more chaotic. Uh, it was a game where in the first half, Mateus Click gets the opener for DC. 34th minute, Toronto had to make a substitution. Lorenzo Insigne left the match. Iowa Canola checked in insigne is questionable for this week he did train on the side on thursday was expected going into friday's session that he would be able to participate to some degree have not heard an update as of this press time as to whether he trained whether he's making the trip and what it looks like for lorenzo insigne bob bradley did say that he felt a lot better about the injury Monday and Tuesday and then going into Thursday than he did initially because of the kind of look. If you've seen the the replays of it, uh, Insigne was completely distraught and it, it looked more serious. That's a good sign for Toronto that it's at least trending in the right direction. It might not get him on the field this weekend. I don't see really any way it gets him on the field to start, but is he available for Toronto FC? We're just going to have to wait and see. So after that, for Toronto, even with Insigne off the field, they get a penalty. Federico Bernardeschi puts that home, just a brilliantly taken penalty, very calm and casual, as you would expect from the classy Italian lefty. And then he puts a free kick that is as good, maybe even a little bit better than Tiago Almada's, except it doesn't go in, and it's not in the 97th minute either. Um, that free kick is saved in one of the saves of the weekend from Tyler Miller of DC. The rebound comes off the post and out, and Mark Anthony K slams at home. Eighty-third minute, Toronto's up two-one. All is looking well. Ninetieth minute, Christian Benteke on an assist from Ted di Pietro, DC homegrown. Ninety-eighth minute, it is di Pietro who gets the winner from Mohamed Jeezy, the cross from the left back. Uh, Awful way for Toronto to lose points in this one. D.C. gets the huge win. Going to be really interesting to see them. We will get into D.C. later down the road. But to start this March to Match Day, let's get into the two coaches. First, Gonzalo Pineda, then Bob Bradley talking about their reflections on Game 1 of the MLS season.
1: What were the positives and the improvements from week one that you hope to see in week two?
3: Well, I think the positives are many. I think uh, at times we take for granted to dominate in possession opponents. I think at times it feels like, oh yeah, it's natural, like uh, we have more possession than the opponent. And I think that's not easy. Um, And uh, so that's number one that's a good sign of us having a good mentality on on trying to dominate the game, right, in the way we want. Then obviously we had some challenges against a low block and and that's what we were working on, how we can disrupt better, how we can create better patterns, how we can Understand better movements and uh, spaces on the field, and it's always a work in progress on that. That's being a footballer, understanding time and space. So it's always a work in progress, and uh, but we are, yeah, trying to send the right message to the players on understanding that.
1: Uh, when we looked at the game, we thought that in the first half, at times, um, we didn't. Uh, at times we couldn't move the ball faster Uh, we moved the ball we still had a lot of possession but at times it wasn't fast enough it got better as the half went on Um, you learn from goals Uh, the first goal was just a series of reactions where guys were there and and weren't able to take care of a play and then it came up the field and they were able to score from whatever 25 26 yards Uh, the second half many of those things got better I thought we managed the game, Uh, I think they kicked off somewhere around 83, um, after we went up 2-1. And from 83 to 89 something, I thought the players were very focused and managed the game well. And then it highlights that that it doesn't take much um, to all of a sudden let uh, a game tilt a little bit and give the other team a chance. And so there were a couple of plays where we should have been smarter, Uh, we should have managed a situation a little bit better uh, you know I think I mentioned some of them after the game uh, you know they hit a lumball and Matt ducked and it, and it went over his head and Richie scooped it up but you know we weren't able to make a clean play at that point you know Richie so so clever at how he can twist away from pressure but in that particular case and he got caught with the ball and we had to recover and the ball stayed in our end we had enough guys in the box at the end but not enough guys that um, were a, that recognized where, where they needed to be or, or saw play coming a little bit faster. Um, I thought when it was 2-2, uh, we had four or five times where we were too anxious to hit long balls, So the game got stretched. Uh, and then late in the game, uh, we combined pretty well to play out to our left side. Um, the pass that Raul, Raul tries to make is a great, it's a good pass, and he flat out says I missed, I, I underhit it. And then when the ball turns over, it's just, uh, you know, we were a little bit out out of sorts. Uh, Brandon had run high, he was probably, you know, first game, a little bit anxious, and, and he was ready to, to join in up front, but he probably was a little high too soon. And then, you know, again, when the play developed, um, you have to give credit that I think by the end of the play, we have eight guys in the box. So it's not a situation where um, Guys didn't react and tried to go back and deal with the moment, but we just didn't do well enough the ball uh, That comes just behind our defensive line, you know in that situation has to be uh, defended better.
2: Let's get into one of the big personalities on the pitch in week one for Atlanta United. It was Franco Ibarra. He was the man of the match for me before Tiago Almada's heroics. I thought he was better than I expected on the ball. We expected the tackling, the defensive side of his game, and I thought he really paired up well with Mateus Josechu. In that regard, they covered for one another really well. They read the play. I thought actually very, very well. Here is Franco Ibarra from media, first in Spanish and then translated by Justin Veldhaus uh, of the Atlanta United Communications team on physicality and, and why it's such a big part of Ibarra's game.
4: Have you always put in tackles like that? Like
2: that violently? <laughs>
4: <laughs> Siempre has sido una persona de entradas muy...
2: Sí, la verdad que sí. Desde chiquito
0: me enseñaron a... A dar todo en todo lo que hago y nada, cuando entro en la cancha lo siento así, siento que es eh, una pasión, siento que es una, una responsabilidad muy grande que tengo y es una, como te digo, una manera de hacerme ver adentro de la cancha, de comunicarle a mis compañeros que, que estoy ahí para ayudarlos, que si ellos pierden la pelota, yo estoy ahí atrás de ellos, de que si a Tiago le pegan, si a Luis le pegan una patada, eh, yo estoy ahí para defenderlo, entre comillas pero sí trato de hacer lo mejor mi Yeah,
4: I think that's something that I was taught when I was younger, uh, to always give give my everything and in, in everything that I do, and that's what I try to do when I step onto the field. Uh, I think it's it's a passion of mine. It's just that that attitude of going out and, and giving everything, and like I said, to, to make uh, make opposing players know that that I'm there. So if um, you know if somebody's kicking Luis or Thiago, then I'm there to defend them in quotation
5: marks. <laughs>
2: Next up on March to Match Day, Atlanta United forward Miguel Barry spoke to the media for the first time. Barry came off the bench in game one. We'll see if he gets the start in game two, although that forward room just got a lot more crowded with Jackson Conway starting week one. Barry coming off the bench. Yorgos Yakamakis is available for selection on Saturday. He trained with Atlanta United on Friday. Now, that Friday session generally is a little bit lighter because it's a week before match day or a game. before Sorry, a day before match day. What is it going to look like up top for Atlanta United? Again, we have to wait till those lineups come out about 630, 640 ish on Saturday night. Will it be Yakamakis? Will it be Conway? Will it be Miguel Barry? Here's Barry talking about his first impressions of the club. He hasn't been here very long. And second, what to expect from his game.
4: You've been with a couple MLS clubs now that you're here in person. What makes Atlanta United different? What stands out?
6: <laughs> I mean, I've, I think I've, I've seen a bit of everything um, in the MLS now at this point. And this is, you know, my first 20 minutes here you see the difference and before you even walk in the stadium I'm not even talking about that atmosphere which is incredible I've never experienced anything like that you see you know really it's you know not the 12th man it's like 15 16 how many people are there so um, but I think this club does everything right um, you know whether it's you know my relocation which is something that you know I'm sure people fans don't even think about but that's a very difficult process and they've they've been incredibly helpful with that and um, you know just trying to get me settled as quick as possible because you know help me do my job better here and I think this club is, has gone above and beyond with that, and I mean, the facilities are incredible. Uh, the fans are, I've, I've never seen anything like that. Uh, the, the pre-game march, I had no idea what I was doing when I got fitted for a tux, <laughs> but uh, I just kind of followed, followed Miles, followed Derek and, and saw what they did, and I, that was incredible, it's an experience I, I really cherished, and I'm looking forward to again this, this weekend. So um, it, this club has exceeded my expectations, which are already incredibly high, so.
2: Can you bring, for Atlanta supporters who may not be as familiar with you as
6: um, you know, traditionally I, I've, I bring good link-up play. Um, I, you know, I, I, like to combine that's, that's something I, I do and I love to get in the box, make good runs and, and, uh, you know, be creative with my movement and both, you know, with combination. And, and my job is, I always say to make, you know, Tiago better, to make Luis better. They, they're, they're incredible players and the way that this team is going to win is by them performing their best. And I can support them in doing that and then make the team, you know, succeed. And I'm sure, you know, Tiago himself was, is, is going to help, you know, other players score goals. And that's
2: just what he does. So, Another big storyline for Atlanta United in game one was the returns to the pitch for Brad Gazan and Miles Robinson. If you haven't seen Brick by Brick, the series that Atlanta United has published on their YouTube page, highly, highly recommended to go check that out. The last episode just dropped yesterday. It's a must-watch. If you want the full story of what it felt like when the injury happened, what recovery was like for Brad Kazan, how hard he worked, how hard everybody at the club worked to get him back on the field, you got a great glimpse of that. Miles Robinson went through a lot of this right alongside Brad, and, and you saw some uh, probably emotional moments between the two of them before and after this game where they both get back on the field after Achilles ruptures in 2022. I had a chance to talk to Miles Robinson at the media availability. And first up, I asked him about the matchup this week, dealing with probably Adama Diamande in the the number nine position for Toronto and just very different kind of forward than Jeremy Abobasi. And second, I ask him about what the most challenging aspects of his recovery to the pitch were. How challenging is it going from defending a a forward like Ibovesi who's going to drop into the midfield a lot, very mobile, versus somebody like Diamande, big physical presence, who's going to stay stationary more?
5: Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of different types of, uh, you know, strikers in this league. It's just about understanding, you know, their strengths versus their weaknesses and how we can uh, try to, you know, make them as uncomfortable as possible. Uh, throughout the game, and uh, hopefully we can do that. I think we can
2: what was the the hardest aspect of recovery for you? Was it the physical the the mental or just getting the soccer rhythm back?
5: Um, I think initially it was definitely mental because uh, you can't really walk or do anything you're pretty much trapped and then uh, And then later on it's obviously like physical because uh, you want to be explosive like you used to be, but you're not there yet and you just have to continue with the grind and put your head down and keep doing, you know, your calf raises, things like this. But uh, just getting back on the field is something I look forward to. So uh, I think, you know, props to the whole, you know, Atlanta United medical staff and. Everyone that's helped me through it all because uh, without them, I definitely wouldn't be in this position.
2: Next up on March to Match Day, let's move over to the opposition side. It is a very new back line for Toronto. Work in progress with a new goalkeeper in Sean Johnson with two new center backs, one new fullback, and one fullback who has been there, left, and is now back in Richie Larea. Let's talk to the fullbacks. This is from Toronto's media availability this week. First, the very interesting story. I, I really like his background and am intrigued to see him in this league. Raul Petretta, born in Germany, Italian parents, really came to the fore in Switzerland at FC Basel. You're going to hear from Petretta and you're going to hear from Richie Lorea, Canadian national team player. About how the backline is coming together with so many new faces. First Petreta, then Lorea.
3: Yeah, I think, like uh, I said it also to the to the to Bob. Uh, for me, the most important thing is we have to know each other. I have to know how Sigurd now next to me, how Lorenzo in front of me, how they think in the game during the game, and and I think this needs time, of course. But uh, I think we will do it.
4: Uh, Yeah, I think um, some very good uh, starting points for us. Obviously, there's all four of us weren't here come this time last year, so it's um, a lot of new faces plus Sean in the back as well, so um, new faces, but good. You see the quality that Matt has, that Sigurd has, that Raul has in that game. So I think it's a lot of um, you know, very good points, and um, they're all very good players as well, and obviously Sean helps us massively in, in goal as well, so I think it's um, it's good. It's fun to play with them, and it's going to be nice to continue to build uh, chemistry with them.
2: Next up on March to Match Day, let's hear from Toronto manager Bob Bradley and then Richie Larea, just with their thoughts on what they're facing this weekend against Atlanta United.
1: Um, they have some very skillful players. Um, I think Everyone saw what Armada was capable of, uh, capable of doing in the second part of the season last year. Uh, so he starts out with these two great goals. Um, you know, he's he's still quite a talented player. Uh, they've got other guys that are that are talented and good on the wall. Um, Yeah, that, that, that's, that's a style of play that, that you see when you watch them all around. Yeah,
4: they're obviously a good team. Um, we know that. And, yeah, away games in this league are always tough, I feel like, wherever you go. So, um, yeah, we'll be fully prepared for them. We obviously as well have a very good team. We've added some very good pieces. And, um, yeah, I feel like whenever we play against them, it's a pretty good game. They like to play football. We like to play football as well. So, yeah, it'll be a good game that will be preferred prepared for and ready to, uh, you know, take three points in our first one of the of the season as well.
2: Love hearing from all of the managers and players as much as possible ahead of a match day. And that's what you're going to get this season on March to match day. I've got one more clip for you, and I'm going to set it up. We'll end with that clip. Gonzalo Pineda. I, I just, I love hearing him talk tactics and, and even bigger than tactics. I love hearing him talk about philosophy and, Transition moments is something that has come up a lot with Atlanta United, and even Raul Petretta talked about that being one of the things that stood out to him in, in his first game in Major League Soccer. This is a league that has a lot of transition moments in it. It's a very fast-paced league. You're going to get those turnovers because you have a lot of teams that press in a variety of different ways. How teams handle transition moments is, is a key to success in Major League Soccer. Some teams purely play for transition moments. Others like Atlanta and Toronto, both teams that want the ball, they have to deal with those transition moments. And it's really a, a big factor in how teams like Atlanta, like Toronto, others that really, I, I think, value possession. It's a huge factor in how successful they are. Gonzalo Pineda talked about that today or talked about that this week in media availability. and. It was interesting to get the full picture of those moments, because I think it's easy to look at the ball turns over, what happens. But there is a process to be ready when the ball turns over. It's something that Pep Guardiola has talked about a lot in terms of why he wants his team to string passes together to get up the field. It connects the team, not just in possession. But it connects the team when the ball turns over. They're close together. They're able to then be organized and try to win the ball back. Gonzalo Pineda talked about that at the media availability this week. I'm going to end on that. So, again, don't forget, Saturday, we are on Star 94. You can always listen on the Odyssey app or the Atlanta United app. And now you can listen on Apple TV's MLS Season Pass. You can listen to our audio there. The pregame coverage starts at 7 o'clock with Five Stripes Countdown, kickoff at 739, full-time report for an hour to follow, and that will be posted to the Off the Woodwork folder, where you might be listening to this. You might be watching on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to both to get all of the great content, not just soccer-related, but everything around the 92.9 The Game Universe. Here's how we're going to end March to Match Day. This week, it's going to be Gonzalo Pineda talking about transition active defending and giving you a real glimpse of the philosophy behind the way atlanta united plays thanks for joining us for march to match day we will see you from the bends on saturday about
4: the transition moments and i think in the past you called it active defending where yeah. you're in position to, to defend yeah. those transition moments how do you feel about the active defending uh, in this game
3: well, first of all, with that name, is I, I never found a good name for that, because in <laughs> Spanish it makes a lot of sense. Marca en ataque is marking as you are attacking, so that oh, makes more yeah. sense to me. Uh, so active became a word that we created actually in Seattle, and I haven't found a better <laughs> word for that. Uh, so I'm looking forward to, to see if someone is smarter than all of us uh, and finds a better term. Uh, then I, I felt that we need to correct a little bit of that, and, and is uh, we've been working... In that, but it's, it is—it is so funny how we understand the game is. For me, the way we build and the way we start to create our chances dictates how we're going to regain the ball after that. So if we are so exposed, we open up the center backs too wide and then only one player solo in the middle, the center mid, and then we push the full backs higher and then we bring the wingers inside. Like there are going to be a lot of gaps in transition because the center backs are so far away from each other. And then the gaps in the middle channels, when they try to come inside, the gaps in behind the full So It's a little bit those um, ways of build, two and three, three and two, that's what we've been working on, but how we can be better, at progressing the ball and then if we lose the ball how we can be protected by that shape and that structure so it, it is not just about that reaction after you lose the ball how you protect that. It's before that since you start the build up is how you can have a better structure to defend so we work on all, all of that and finding ways to to improve since that moment of the of the of the game like in that phase like when we have the ball we're building out in case we lose the ball how we are And and so that's that's the the thought process. Um, And in that way, we we work on that this this week on both faces.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?